It's the spooky season. Welcome back, guys. Another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast in October. So anybody that knows me or that has listened to the show before knows that I am hype for these episodes. It's my favorite month of the year uh, because I get to really focus on the horror genre, Halloween themes, spooky themes, and it's a little bit of false advertising on a few of these episodes this month because we're called Two Peas, but I've got some uh, multiple guests (laughs) on a few episodes. I'm just going to come clean. And tonight's one of those. I got two of my favorite people to join me for the topic that we're doing tonight, the countdown we're doing, and they been on multiple times in the past. I'm friends with them in real life. And the, you know, I say I'm a self-proclaimed horror guy. I'm nothing compared to these dudes. I envy their horror affinities. I love these guys so much. I listen to their podcast. And like I said, I uh, friends and know them in real life. Justin from Epic Film Guys and Brain Stew is here. Jay, man, my dude. What the fuck is up? What's up, dude? Uh, you know I love you. I just can't. You, you recommended that we get on a video chat tonight and seeing you. I'm so glad you did. You know, it's I got I showered for this. I got to have Th- a- that was why I was like, I didn't want to waste that half an hour I took in the shower without you. someone needed to see. I mean, I got to have you know. a pillow in my lap the whole time, but that's fine. I'm glad you're here and there I'm glad I get to see it. Yeah. And the other guy who I love who comes on every October, he's been on a few other instances as well. But every October, I have to have this guy on. He's a staple. Jeff, I want to think this is the fourth consecutive year you've been on in the month of October to do really? something. I, yeah. You said that last year. You were like, really? <laughs> I guess I'm just surprised year year after year that I'm yeah. still around, you know. I know, like I right? Oh. Fiery accident somewhere along I know. the line. But you made it, man. Cadavercast. Jeff, you guys know his voice. What's up, man? Welcome back. Thanks, man. You're gonna make me blush on this episode, I think, you know? Oh but at least I got I mean, like he, he the no sleeves hard, for so. the, the getting the, the extra heat off of my body as right. I warm up. Right, sure, yeah. But like I said, I mean when you're when you're talking horror, I know these two guys really kind of live and breathe that genre and it means so much to them and there's so many different subgenres, right? Like you talk about horror as a whole, of course, but then, you know, Justin, you and I have talked zombie movies before. We've 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 dove into other genres and subgenres, alien films, like all kinds of shit, right? So yeah. tonight, I think it's fair to say this is a little bit of a subgenre. And and in looking at my list specifically, in the last like 10 years or so, it's really kind of taken off, I feel like, and there's been a little bit of a resurgence in this quote unquote category of horror. Why don't you guys who wants to take tell them what we're counting down? tonight in your own words or top five what oh, the pressure's on justin <laughs> um uh, uh it's that thing yeah um top five horror comedies yeah dude horror comedies i'm gonna see what you guys then i'll give away any titles up top but yeah no you know, it's, <laughs> it's also like i mean horror comedy this i gotta tell you gerald this one this one nearly killed me oh I, really i took this one on thinking this is gonna be easy like sure. i got this I did not. I was unprepared like for the <laughs> amount of movies that would just spring to mind as, oh, those are all top five, all 30 of these. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of just to elaborate on that a little bit. I mean, I guess I'll start with you then, Jeff. You know, when you think of the term horror comedy or, you know, you think of that subgenre, if you will, like what's your criteria as a fan? Like what makes it a horror comedy as opposed to just a horror or just a comedy? 
Yeah. And that's where uh, I think, first of all, I got hung up was how am I going to classify this? Right. And for me, I'm a horror guy first. So like when I go to watch comedies, I'm in the mood for a comedy and then all other times are default horror. So if I'm going horror comedy specifically, I'm looking for something that is funny, but also scary or at least has genuine spooky elements to it or is like profoundly disturbing in some way, even like metaphysically you walk away from it feeling bad, Um, but you still laugh along the way. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I look for, which is weird, because then when I was uh, getting things ready for this episode and I'm like, maybe I'm not the guy, maybe maybe I'm not Gerald's (laughs) guy for this. And then, like, Al and I also worked on a horror comedy. So it's like, no, I mean, like, we're, <laughs> I mean, that's great. I, I guess I'm supposed to be here. But yeah, no, you uh, definitely are, tough, I'm man. Thrilled that you are. Justin, what about you, man? I mean, horror comedy, is that like a weird thing for you to kind of merge those two, you know, because on their own, they stand alone, right? As iconic categories in film. But when you merge them together, I mean, how about coming up with your list, man? Was it difficult, easy? How do you feel? Extremely easy. Oh, wow. Because, okay. Um, when I looked at this list, I, I already knew in my head that the majority of my favorite horror films, uh, a few of my favorites of all time are on this list in the top five. Mm-hmm. The way that I approach this list, of course, there's so many different things that could be considered a horror slash comedy, but I really wanted it to be much what Jeff just said horror first so it still needs to go for the throat it still needs to fucking tear some shit off people and their limbs and guts and gore and at least be some level of ultra violent um as well as being something that makes me laugh Mm -hmm. so there are so many things you could call a horror comedy and i'll look at it and say well did that make me laugh that much as as well as entertain me and you know give me that blood that i'm thirsting for and it's just it's got to be a good mix of both and also there's some of my favorite movies of all time that i they'll probably be listed in honorable mentions i do want to put them in the top five because in my mind they borderline family movie Mm. and for Mm. me if it's true like over the top go for the throat horror it can't be a family i think i know what you're talking about because there was one out yeah you know we've talked about this before so while it still is in the world of horror comedy yeah i i decided to make this list brutal motherfucker yeah I, I get it and i agree with with both of you in a lot of ways you know but when i was compiling my list without giving away any titles you know what i decided to do is like did the filmmaker and as an extension like the actors and everybody involved that you see on camera did they really make an attempt to uh showcase both of those genres being comedy and horror. Like, do we see elements of both where if you take a scene out of the movie, it could stand alone as just a comedic gem and just make you laugh your ass off in one scene. But then you could take another scene out and you could be truly terrified and scared by what you're seeing. So I wanted like the, the five plus my honorable mentions that I listed here, I feel like are the closest to like a 50, 50 split in terms of how, you know, like if it's a two hour movie, in other words, for an hour of it, I was scared, but for another hour of it, I was laughing, you know, or I thought it was funny and I was, you know, smiling because I thought it was hilarious. So for me, I wanted it to be as close to an equal split as possible where you couldn't say, you know, this is just a horror movie with a few laughs in it. And I don't want to take anything away from y'all's list if some titles come up. So maybe we'll talk about it at the end. But there's some movies that I adore that are like my favorite movies of all time in any genre. And to me, they don't 
they wouldn't be a horror comedy because a horror movie that has a few laughs in it is not a horror comedy. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yes. So we may talk about some of those a little bit later if they're not on y'all's list. All right. So Jeff from Cadavercast, Justin from Brainstew, they're in the house. Two of my favorite guys in the world of podcasting. If you guys are fans of horror or spooky related things in any way, please check out both of their shows. All the information will be in the show notes. And I will also let them tell you where to find them at the end of the episode. But we're going to get into our top five horror comedies. It's our week two for our October themed episodes. We have three more coming up after this. And as these two guys know, I love this season so much. And I love talking about these movies on my podcast. I try not to get super repetitive with my picks because I'm obviously on every episode. So I don't want to have all these like repeat movies. So I, I might get a little cute tonight. Plus me and Justin cross over a lot in like 80s stuff. So I might, I don't know, Justin, you just hang tight. Just sit there. You'll be fine. I'll try my you'll, best. Uh, you'll see what I, I try to play around a little bit to make sure we have uh, not as much crossover as we probably would have if I was giving you my straight up list off the top of my head. So uh, we'll get into it, though. Our top five horror comedies. Let me go up to my notes here, guys, because I think I have Justin going first. I do. Ooh. Justin, your number five horror comedy and why, buddy? Okay, well... Much like you just said a few minutes ago, you mentioned that thing that uh, means more to me than anything else in the world, the 1980s. And I, I made it a conscious effort that I, the entire list could not be of the 80s completely. <laughs> so I had to pick something that I was like, okay, I thought it would be in fairness, just so slightly you know. newer. So, you know, I, I really had to go to something that I, I, I feel like this movie is a comfort flick for me where I and I just put it in the other day where I was just doing like stuff around the house. I was fucking around with my dogs and trying to get shit in order. And it's just a movie that always makes me chuckle. When I first saw it, it made me laugh my fucking ass off. And it's got great gore. I wouldn't necessarily say it's really scary. But what other movie do you see where two dumbasses throw a Prince Batman soundtrack at a zombie? Motherfucker, this is Shaun of the Dead from 2004. Edgar Wright making his directorial debut with his horror spoof. And it is legitimately one of the most heartwarming and pleasant experiences I've ever had, seeing it for the first time. Um, it, it, it has like this really distinct vibe that nothing else really had felt like up until that point, or at least nothing for a long time. You know, when it came out in 2004, can you guys think of anything else that was even remotely close to that that we had gotten in a long time? No. I mean, no, I mean, no, this is on my list too. So I'll, I can't believe we're crossing over immediately when I tried to avoid crossover with you. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. I mean, Edgar Wright did something here. When did, um, maybe you guys know roughly, but Walking Dead was after this, right? Walking Dead was after yeah, that. So yeah. So Edgar Wright and Shaun of the Dead really did something that, you know, the genre wasn't dead, uh, no pun intended, but it did need a little shot of life, I feel like, you know? And Edgar Wright in this movie really gave that to this genre, the zombie movie. I mean, specifically, I feel like we talked about this when we did our top five zombies, Justin, but I agree with you, man. It really did something different that we had not gotten to that point. Yeah, 100%. It's it's such a blast of a movie, and it had been a little while since I had put it in. And I, when I put it in the other day, I was like, it, and I knew we were doing this. It, it always it stands up. It always will. And it's always going to be that one movie that, you know, Simon Pegg is going to I mean, it's going to say it in his obituary. Right. You know what I mean? Shaun of the Dead star has passed away. And now he's a zombie for real. <laughs> Jeff, you a fan of this one? Oh, man. Yeah. No, it's like the balance is so perfect on this one. Um, zombie movies, very near and dear to my heart. And this one does all the things that I want from a zombie movie, which, you know, is the kind of thing that I like because the people who come at you about, you know, oh, zombie movies, man, it's just like gore and stuff. So there's there's no point to it. Where's where's the artistry in it? But like 
Shaun of the Dead, it's characters first. It's people first. It hits you, you know, right in the heart uh, and delivers on the laughs. And because you care about the characters, it's then scary as hell. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect balance. Right. When you can see yourself in the characters that are, you know, fighting for their lives, uh, it always adds just a different layer, you know, and you and that happens in this movie. I mean, even though they're overseas and everything, I still see the video game geek or, you know, whatever kind of like existing within those characters and it just connects you to them instantly. And it was written so beautifully. I'm going to talk about it here in a minute you know, briefly when it comes up on my list, but I think it's a great pick. And I think when you're, when you're talking horror comedy, how I kind of said in in the intro, my approach was like 50, 50. Right. And I think this is a perfect example where Edgar Wright was like, you know what? I want you to be scared, you know, but I want you to kind of laugh and just, just have a great time. And I feel like that is easily uh, happens in this movie. You, you have a little bit of both there. So great pick, man, to get us started. Shaun of the Dead is Justin's number five. Jeff, you're up next, man. What do you got at five? All right. So anticipating, of course, that, uh, you know, things like Shaun of the Dead would be immediately apparent. I wanted to throw something weird in at my number five. So this cool. is kind of the spot that all of the things like Shaun of the Dead got pushed aside for it so that I could do something weird for you guys. Sure. Um, because I'm this this last year and a half, two years, I've been watching a ton of Hong Kong flicks, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this movie by Sammo Hung from 1980 called en- Encounters of the Spooky Kind that mm. is just wild. Uh, it takes the, the Chinese folklore, vampires and creatures, which are absolutely nightmarish. Uh, mm. And you throw a goofy Sammo Hung character in there who's got to fight off zombies and stuff. It's like when it's scary, it's scary because I also don't understand the mythology that well. So mm-hmm. when like the creatures will come out, it's like, what the hell is that thing? Right. And like, <laughs> right. Th- it's mortifying. Um, but then it's got great Kung Fu in it as well. It's got a whole sequence in it. That's like um, the, the Russian film V, the V I Y it's spelled mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like, it's got a sequence like that. Man, it's just fun. And Sammo Hung, uh, along with Yoon Bio, who also plays a vampire in the movie, they got started with, you know, Jackie Chan and all that. So if you like Jackie Chan movies, it's like a, a horror version of like a Jackie Chan movie. And what year was this again? 1980. 1980. Justin, are you wow. familiar with this one? I'm not. I'm not I'm either. Extremely, extremely intrigued. My, my knowledge in terms of overseas horror is... I dare say nowhere near the level of American stuff. But yeah, I'm always really interested in trying to find stuff that I've never seen or heard of before. So fuck yes. Yeah, dude, it sounds awesome. Now, Jeff, would you say Encounters of the Spooky Kind? That's right, right? Yeah. That's an, so would you say that's like unintentionally funny or like they 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 meant to make a comedy or it's, comedic? Yeah, very, very, very intentionally funny. Okay, all right. Um, I mean, that... Well, I'm honestly like a lot of uh, Jackie Chan's movies are directed by Sammo Hung. So it's that same exact humor. Okay. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. That's exciting. But with horror elements. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You guys right, will so take I'll, it. I'll have to check that out, man. That's uh, I love, <laughs> I love having Jeff from cadaver cats on. He's always giving me homework, you know, <laughs> these movies that I should have <laughs> seen that I just haven't for whatever reason. <laughs> Justin, you're my boy. Me and you have talked about this movie before. I feel like this is an underrated, like underloved movie in the horror community. Hopefully you guys agree. Justin, I think you're a fan because we've talked about this before. But for my number five, it's a fairly recent film from 2015 called The Final Girls. This is my number five. 
Yes. Jeff, you seen this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll let you guys comment, but I mean, you know, this is a movie that was so it is so unique and so inventive because it really plays on the camp slasher, you know, quote unquote Friday the thirteenth, uh, lore and the tropes of those types of films, sleepaway camp, that kind of stuff. And it just gives it this fresh kind of modern a twist, you know, Malin Ackerman's in this movie, Nina DeBrave, uh, Vera Farmiga's daughter, I'm forgetting her name for some reason, but she's like the lead in it. She's the quote unquote, one of the final girls in the movie. But it takes, you know, they, they, it's really cool because they're like in a movie watching a screening of her mom's 80s slasher film where she was one of the final girls and she was like the scream queen in the 80s and they get transported back to that world in the 80s and they're living in this horror movie so you take all these modern like you know not teenagers because they're a little bit older but you know that generation x kind of characters and you put them in this 80s camp slasher and you have these two different worlds are just juxtaposed and like I don't know. I just really thought it was so cool. And like, I was just like, you know, what if we, you know, me, Jeff and Justin were the movies and we're watching, you know, Jason X or whatever, and we get transported into that film. <laughs> you know, what would we do there as bystanders in this movie that, that we love? The orgasm. You know what I, I mean? And, <laughs> and it's just like they're <laughs> fanboying over it because they're in the movie that they love. But at the same time, they're like, oh, shit, I'm going to be killed by Billy, who's the quote unquote Jason character in the movie, uh, the serial killer in the film. So I don't know, man. I just thought it was a great, like self-aware homage to, you know, the camp slasher and that kind of era of horror that really, really rose to prominence in the 1980s. And this movie was in 2015. So, you know, we're getting this, this, kind of love letter to that era of cinema and i and it's pg-13 too which is crazy you think about all the sex in the movie and the different kills in the film but it was edited to a degree that it uh, ended up getting a pg-13 rating and, and i don't care i mean I, I love this movie so are you guys fans of this one what do you think yeah i mean that's actually the reason why it's it's, it's not huge for me but i really did enjoy it I would have loved it had they gone hard R. I mean, when you're when you're spoofing or you're you're doing a new version or a take on something that primarily relies so much on fucking like Tom Savini esque gore, yeah. give me something. Like you, yeah. you really got to satiate that. And I felt like it held back too much. Uh, the, the end battle. Uh, we've talked about this before. I remember yeah. actually because we talked about the end battle and it was silly. It was yeah, it goes stupid. off the rails a little bit at the last but twenty I really minutes. Enjoyed but, yeah. for for it going that far. Um, all the characters were really, really well done, and I thought it visually uh, pr- pretty much fit well in what an 80s camp slasher was. I just was underwhelmed by the lack of, like, I wanted fuck, I want, I, I want real breasts, okay? I want to see them. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> sure, no we all do. I sure. want to see, I, I want to see dudes naked too. I want to see asses, dick yeah, balls. I want to sure. see the whole thing, and I want to see, you know, a knife going through someone's throat all the way and them die slowly. And that's just, you know, when I'm looking at that kind of movie, that's what I'm looking for. No, I get that. But it, but it was, but it was very, very good for what it did. And I also, you know, you got to look back. You said it came out with 2014, 2015. 15, yeah. So I mean, this is before everybody in the fucking world was trying to recapture the magic of those movies yeah. and failed. Yeah. Because make no mistake, it's been a long time i mean we could argue that but where anyone is actually you know uh, nailed it you and i gerald did the whole fear street right, uh right. netflix series last year we reviewed all of those 
and and it tried. And it I tried. wanted to mention that but, because, and not to refute your point necessarily, but I mean, I did want to mention that you know the Fear Street franchise is the R rating. You know that this wasn't, and I prefer this one. You know, it's softer in terms of the violence and everything else because of the rating. Well, that's because you're soft, Gerald. That's the, <laughs> maybe that's the answer to that question. Maybe, but you know what? What else? And I want to hear what Jeff thinks about this film too, because I'm curious. But also, I. I love kind of the mother-daughter connection in this film, too. I mean, I, I'm a dad, obviously. I'm not a mom. I don't know if you guys know, but I'm not a chick. Uh, no matter how much you're attracted to me, I'm not, I'm not a chick. I'm sorry to say. But when you take that father-son relationship and you trans, you know, kind of I, in my mind, and I'm like, okay, mother-daughter, and in this, that was the situation in this movie. And I thought that was very touching, too. So it did have a layer of emotion to it as well. And like Jeff mentioned with his, when we were talking about Shaun of the Dead earlier, like you connect to these characters, right? And I really wanted this daughter to be able to connect to her mother in her prime, you know, when she was an 80s scream queen. So I was kind of following that story as well. Um, You know, but I, I see what you're saying, Justin. And as a horror fan, who's like salivating when you want to see the kills and everything, it did lack that because of the rating. Um, but it was so funny, you know, uh, when you're thinking of comedy, like, I think this might be one on my list that's like more comedy than horror. Like, it's just really funny because these characters are so displaced and they're in this scenario that they know so well. And that's why I asked you dudes, like, you know, you guys love Friday the 13th. What if you were thrust into one of those films? Like, it would be fucking hilarious, you know what I mean? We would fumble around, like, I don't want Jason to fight. I love Jason, but I want him to kill me. Like, And it would just be funny to watch as a bystander. Jeff, what do you think about the final girls, man? Are you a fan yeah, of this one? And I was going to kind of point to the stuff that you were pointing out that, for me, it's, it's definitely this – it's more about the characters, right? Definitely a character-forward piece, which does – lend itself well to unfortunately being hacked apart <laughs> by censors who want it hacked apart when sure. you write a really good story that doesn't necessarily need the gore sure Some, somebody wants you to lose the gore sadly uh but yeah it was kind of like at the well no i guess it wouldn't have even been in the the beginning of it because all through the 2000s you know as a, i mean i guess post scream we had a lot of really great uh you know meta reflective yeah. horror movies just every every few years we'd get one that that would be refreshing and smart. Uh, and this was one that came out in the midst of a lot of other movies I recall being released, including another one called The Final Girl, I think, or Final Girl Singular. Yeah, I think so, because this is The Final Girls. And I think you're yeah. talking about Final Girl, which actually I haven't seen, but I did see it in my research. Yeah, and it's and it's it's just a it was a smart movie. It didn't it's not one that even necessarily occurred to me for this list, but you know, it is a movie that did hit me as one that was really intelligently written from that, you know, that horror fan perspective. What mm -hmm. would you do? Right, right, right. And that's kind of what drew me to it as well. So, guys, I, I will tell you, and I think Justin and I touched on this. I don't remember what episode it was, Justin, but it came up and we were talking about it. I do feel like this is so underseen from the horror community. I don't know why, but I just never see anybody talking about this movie. So... If you yeah, it doesn't have like T-shirts or merchandise right, or right. So, that, I, that I'm aware of. And also, I mean, the, the biggest uh, fail when it comes to this movie is I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. I don't even know if it exactly. was run or anything like either. that. I rented it, so it's same, you know. same here. I came to it much later because the promotion of it was horrible. But anyway, obviously, if you're listening to this episode, you're probably somewhat interested in horror films. So check out the Final Girls. I want to say it's actually streaming right now. I think it's either Hulu or Netflix. You can find it for free right now if you have those services. So check it out. It's one of my faves. 
of the last like 10 years. And we are, that's my number five. So we're swinging back around to our fours. Justin, you're up first. What's your number four, man? Dude, you think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. <laughs> More brains, dude. I mean, come on. This, these, these picks are so easy for me. Uh, it, it's got to be Dan O'Bannon's The Return of the Living Dead from 1985. And his directorial debut another directorial debut and another zombie movie and this movie again straight fucking comfort food on a platter zombie brains and all it's just such a blast of a movie and it's it's such a shame that you know and this hit me actually we just lost clue gallagher Mm -hmm. recently we lost james karen uh, in 2018 Um, i've met tom matthews and he's a joy and i just i just love this cast and of course like dude literally linnea quigley anything she's in i'm gonna instantly gravitate towards she is such a sweetheart uh i really love her so so much and everything she does yes even fucking jacko ladies and gentlemen i like jacko okay um (laughs) this movie it it just It, it, it the 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 dialogue that is comedy driven is somewhat dry in a way it makes you chuckle it makes you laugh it's not i don't think it's written as a as like a, a traditional comedy in the sense if you look at the other comedies that were coming out in 1985 you know joke punchline um this just has like this really witty script to it and it, it's just fan fucking tastic um Every time I watch this movie, I find something else about it that I love, and I always find something else that I didn't notice about it before. Mm-hmm. I mean, the design. I mean, Tar Man. You, you, you got to think. Up to that point, we we hadn't had like as iconic of a zombie as anything we'd seen in Night of the Living Dead. Right. And what they did here is just created this iconic monster, which now everyone wears on their T-shirts that has it tattooed on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the group of characters are all really different and interesting. And I love it. It's like, you know, one side's this group of fucking punkers just out like partying and shit in a graveyard. Like, dude, that's me. Literally, that's yeah, like, right. look at me. That's me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that, that was a kid that when I was growing up, I could relate to that. Like, I used to hang out in graveyards and do all kinds of nasty things there so it's just like <laughs> this this movie is basically me and i got to book it uh, a few years ago at alamo draft house and there is literally nothing as religious as being in a crowd with like-minded people and people that have never seen it before right. and and getting to experience them experiencing it for the first time and it was totally magical i mean people they laughed they chuckled they they actually you know a couple of scenes woo you know like so it was this is exactly what i'm talking about it has to be that perfect mixture i always laugh at this movie but it's not like so laugh out loud funny that i'm on the floor dying it's just it's just a great mix for me so it's got to be number four the return of living it's a punk rock zombie movie dude i mean this is uh great fucking cast great fucking soundtrack i mean mean, something different to this genre that was in a way, you know, I mean, it was paying homage to Romero, but it was like doing something really unique and really inventive. Well, Romero turned that shit down. I know, man. I know. He turned that. I mean, shit they down. mentioned Night of the Living Dead in this movie. You ever seen that movie? Yeah, Night of the Living Dead <laughs> and Trash in the Graveyard, bro. I'm just. I think we talked about this before, but I was like 12 or 13 when I saw this, and seeing her in that fucking scene, bro. Like, <laughs> there's no turning back for me. Like. That was uh, very, very impressionable on me as, as a young boy going through puberty. I'll just leave it at that and uh, let you guys kind of let your imaginations run wild. Are you a fan of this one, Jeff? I adore Return of the Living Dead. It is at the core of my very being, this movie. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it is funny, too. And I was I was thinking about it while you were talking about it, Justin, because I also I will be talking about it more. Mm. But just in terms of the comedy, I also got stuck with like 
where's where are the jokes but i do laugh at it like a lot yeah, yeah. it's punk comedy that's that's what i think it is like we don't need setups and you know we don't need punchlines we're just funny out the gate right we don't need to be constrained by your joke structure rules or whatever like the right. movie doesn't give a shit right it's doing its own thing right. so i think that's where the comedy comes from and funny inherently right yeah. yeah i agree with you yeah situational comedy if you will uh, the, 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 the situations that they're in, it's what makes it funny. And then their reactions to the situations. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it was so like just revolutionary, honestly, in a way, if you're talking about the zombie as a subgenre, because, you know, these zombies are thinking for themselves and they're like plotting. And, you know, I mean, before it was just brains, brains, you know, that was it before More brains. But we do get that, though. We do. And, and, we and, do. And, and, and I'm pretty sure I may be incorrect on this, but I'm pretty sure this is the first movie where they actually directly talk about zombies eating brains. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Mm. I can't uh, think of one where right. it's very, very specifically brains because I think it is like just everything. So you might see yeah. them eating brains, but everything else is fair game too. Uh, Return of the Living Dead is Justin's number four. Jeff, you're up next, man. What do you got? All right. So my justification behind this one is very similar to yours with uh, the final girls, actually, Gerald. Uh, because it is very much about the genre itself and in being about the genre becomes incredibly funny situationally, of course, as well. And it's uh, 1985's Fright Night. Of course, it's the 80s, man. Like, Fright Night is so, so good. The the reason it's lower on my list, I actually thought this was going to be number one. Like, originally, I was, like, it was, yeah. al- although most of my choices at some point, I was like, no, that's number one. <laughs> but at, at a point, I was like, this, this is going to be. But I rewatched it, and it's like, the harrowing moments in this are just so harrowing that it's, like, hard to bounce back out of, like, some of those death scenes and and just laugh again it's it, it's too it's like too serious after that so it pushed it down i guess a little bit but damn if it's not hilarious and haunting in in like equal measure and quotable yeah, yeah. as hell like i quote it constantly as i'm sure many of your fans listening do yeah i mean it's one of the greats man i mean jerry i mean chris sarandon is jerry in this movie is I mean, I know Justin agrees with me, but it's literally the term icon horror icon is, I mean, oh, 100%. I mean, Jerry Dangers is there, dude. So in that conversation, uh, I agree with you, Justin. I know you're a huge, huge fan of this. What do you want to say about Fright Night? Uh, you'll be hearing me talk about uh, it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, it's, it's a perfect pick. I mean, literally there is, I, I feel like I, I totally get where you're coming from. Like there are moments of like, the more you watch the movie, I feel like as I've matured with it, I think when I was a kid, I didn't really notice as much those serious moments of, of when you, we, we lose a character and, and the impact of that. But now I'm like, whoa, it is hard to like come back from that, especially when you're that invested in the characters. Yeah. But I mean, this movie is literally like in my viewpoint like when i think in my head horror comedy this movie is what i gravitate towards and grab and like this is the one you know this one for me it it didn't make my list because a i was trying not to cross over with justin and i know he's a freaking super fan of this movie but b i I don't know i think of this more as a horror film with like laughs in it because it did i remember when i saw it as a kid it really scared the shit out of me so like it's a horror movie like i wasn't laughing back then if that makes sense but like when i watch it now 
you know, it cracks me up and I can see the comedic aspects to it too. But I guess in my mind, I haven't, it hasn't crossed over to the horror comedy realm yet. It's still just a horror movie or a vampire movie for me. So that's my personal just like excuse to anyone listening. <laughs> that loves Friday nights. Yes, but you're wrong, Gerald. Uh, you're totally wrong on your own episode. But that's yeah, okay. I know I am wrong. That's you're okay. right. I'm the host. I'm wrong. You're right. <laughs> Uh, but I love it. And Justin knows I love it. And it's one of the all time greats. Uh, so great pick, man. So for my number four, you know, I went a little more modern in my list. You know, this movie uh, really affected me when it came out in 2009. So it's another fairly recent film, but it is written by Diablo Cody. It's Jennifer's Body is my number four. A film starring Megan Fox at her arguably sexiest peak. And also Amanda Seyfried in there, J.K. Simmons, Adam Brody, a lot of great characters in this film. But this movie, it's just like Mean Girls as a horror movie. Clueless as a horror movie. You know, that was kind of the way it was pitched. I had read in, in different articles and stuff that I read. And, you know, those are iconic, like, teen comedies. So you take this teen comedy and you and you just create this, like, demonic possession kind of like almost zombie-like horror film with some great effects and Megan Fox doing her thing in this movie, dude. Like, I'm unapologetically a huge fan of hers, and I know people think she's robotic and, like, whatever. I freaking love her, and I always have. And I feel like in Jennifer's body, she this is her best work because she really just chewed the scenery and she was able to use like her sexuality and her kind of allure to not only tell the story, but really like draw, like suck us in as the audience. And, you know, if you could think about if you guys are fans of movies like Clueless and like Mean Girls, like those are hilarious, right? So you take those movies where you're just like laughing your ass off at these like high school kind of like haphazard characters, and then you kind of insert all this demonic possession horror into the mix. And you also have these females just kicking ass and just like taking care of business and uh, the empowerment that's involved there and kind of like the social message that's kind of built into that. So I love this movie. I don't know how you guys feel about it. What do you think? Jennifer's Body's my number four. Who wants to comment on that? I'll take it. I'm a big fan. Uh, I actually just yesterday switched stuff around in my cult films syllabus for this coming quarter. Oh, cool. And Jennifer's body got inserted into the to the screening schedule. So like nice. it has presently been very much on my mind. I'm a big fan. Yeah. It didn't make my list. I don't know why I didn't think of it, but I'm glad you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I can't get away from this movie in my mind. You know, it just hit me at the right time in my life, you know, in 09 when it came out, I guess. And I did see it in the theater and I've seen it many, many times since then. And I don't know, man, I just feel like it just hit in all the right places for these different people that were at the infancy stages of their career, like Megan Fox and Diablo Cody and... I don't know, Amanda Seyfried, even to a certain extent, like, you know, she was early, early in her career. And it was just like there was Jennifer's body. And then it was like you saw they just blew up, you know, and it just hit at the right time for me. Justin, are you a fan of this one? I can't remember if you and I have ever discussed this film before. Oh, it's been discussed. It hasn't between you and listen, I? I feel like it has okay. because I, I caught some shit for it. Oh, wow. I've never seen it all the way through. Oh, OK. I do feel like you so, mentioned yeah. that to me. Horror fans burn me at the stake. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Poke out my eyeballs. You got to see it. My eyeballs off. Um, I've been, dude. This is the craziest thing about this movie. Is you know, in the last couple of years, I'm sure you both are aware that this there's this resurgence and this this cult that's surrounded it, and all these people that have been supporting it and championing it and telling people to watch it. And I've had it in every queue. So when it leaves a streaming service, I find it on the next one, and then I put it in my queue, yeah. and I just have not watched it. And you know, like, you, you dig people it, man. Give, 
Megan Fox shit or whatever. And, and, you know, I thought she was garbage in the Transformers movies. Was she robotic like a Transformer, Gerald? Maybe. I mean... (laughs) But you know, I love her. I she, I've always thought she was attractive. I mean, the stuff with her and her current bow, machine gun Kelly mm-hmm. is, you know, whatever it is, what it is. Like, who cares what people do in their own time? It's just, you know, she looks hot in what she's wearing and shit. And if she's talented, she's talented. And you know, did you check her it, out last year in the? Um what was the home invasion film she was in last year? Uh, I did not watch the new, but you told me to. I told you, you said to. It was good. Jeremy you said loved it. Was it. Good. Jeremy loved it. He did. He, he told me to watch it as well. But I mean, this is definitely one I want to watch. So th- this is that thing. Like I swear to God, Gerald, every time I do these episodes with you, you give me a couple movies to watch, and it'll take me like four fucking years to watch it. But I promise that I will watch this well, one. I'll I'll just, I have seen bits and pieces of it on television um, when it first was starting to air. And I mean, this no is you know, this is essentially Clueless as a horror movie. So if that intrigues you, and I love Clueless. Um, yeah. I mean, Jeff, is that fair? I mean, that's a fair, yeah, ass- absolutely, like, yes, one hundred percent. And I mean, yeah. and Megan Fox is really good in it. She's fantastic. But I was also a latecomer to the movie as well. I didn't watch it until. I don't know, maybe three, four years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, it took me a long time to get to it, but there was a solid four or five years where I don't know what my deal was, but I was just <laughs> like not watching any new horror movies. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, I was in film school. I was watching a lot of Fellini and Bergman and shit, you know, uh, I think that was the, the bigger problem there. But uh, when I finally got around to this, I was kicking myself for not yeah. having jumped on it sooner. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's really good in it. The script is really funny. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, what's well, Diablo Cody? So, you know, Juno and stuff is funny too, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole high school, like, I mean, high school is horror. I mean, living <laughs> yeah. through high school, middle school and high school is horror, you know. And there's one scene in this movie where Amanda Seyfried is talking to a friend of hers and she's like, you know, she's evil. Jennifer's evil. And she's like, yeah, I know, because she's like the head cheerleader or whatever. And Amanda's like, no, like not high school evil. She's like really evil. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of the humor and where the script kind of the, the, the base that it kind of the foundation that it starts on. So, Justin, what do you got at number three, man? Welcome to Fright Night. There it is. For real. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be there. And what can I say that Jeff hasn't already said? I mean, thinking about this as a kid, the first time you watch this movie and there's a character that's just like you, Mm -hmm. he's just trying to get laid and he loves horror movies and he's like any other high school kid where he's just dealing with normal problems. And then, of course, he looks out the window and he sees a vampire is moving in next door. And of course, it's this funny balance of like no one's believing him that it's a vampire because, oh, you just you watch horror movies every fucking night you know or whatever peter vincent on friday nights and the characters in this movie are so endearing they're so enjoyable uh i I love how they're written they're all specifically different chris sarandon as jerry dandridge is an all-timer vampire for me and i mean like when you talk about top five vampires yeah yeah dude he's gonna be on there for me without a doubt he's just so charismatic he's so sexy he is the definitive 80s vampire like you can't even name another one for me at least that comes remotely close yes i mean there's the lost boys that's a conversation to be had and i love that film as well those films you know the the weight will shift depending on mood but for me i'm always that guy that champions fright night a little bit more Mm -hmm. um because it's goofy and it's fun and it feels a little bit more down to earth you know Mm -hmm. and dude you're so cool brewster i mean Dude, he gets Iconic. like a fucking sloppy Joe in his face. I mean, that's your main <laughs> character. You know what I mean? Like, 
that's your protagonist and, and and he's just this normal kid there's nothing special about him he he does drive i mean that's the thing in the 80s though. i mean with every movie you can look it back at in retrospect and be like dude how did these kids like have these historic cars that look really nice mm-hmm. i mean his is even a little bit beat up but i'm like those cars were expensive in the 80s too like he right. should be driving some shit buick or something you know but no i mean the soundtrack i mean jay Jill's bands fright night and you know, uh, Brad Fidel's score, mm-hmm. Come To Me, it, it's That's everything perfect. about this movie. The nightclub scene is by far one of my favorites because it perfectly captures what the movie is. Yeah. It's this 80s thing. And the vampire genre had kind of, you know, been stuck in the coffin for so long until during this time period where it made a huge resurgence. And it all had a different vibe to it. It, it was more fun. I mean, except for when we got to near dark there's a little fun to be had there but that's a really mean movie it's a dark movie um, yeah the thing with with chris sarandon in this movie that's so mesmerizing to me is like he did that thing where you're frightened by him and you don't necessarily want him to win in the end but you also like wish you could be friends with him and like i wish you, i could fuck him yeah or I fuck mean, him you, yeah you sure yeah fuck him or be him <laughs> yeah or exactly guy, depending on your sexuality I'm exactly saying, you look at it's him, a like, very conflicted it gives yeah. you a very conflicted feeling he's so cool yeah exactly you know, he's one of the coolest vampires exactly ever, for sure yeah he killed it in that movie so great pick man is is uh fright night for your number three jeff you had fright night at four so what do you have at three so I'm sure I've talked about this one on your show before, Gerald. And mm-hmm. you know me, I like my old movies and I'm I'm always like, this is the standard. This is where it began. And so it's important to film sure. and therefore to me. So uh, 1948's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. Is, Amazing fucking it's, Yeah, dude. I mean, it's the horror comedy. It's the one that started it all. And I was like, just so I would have something new to talk about, because I was sure I talked about it. You uh, did. It, we, we did it when we did Family Horror. The Family Friendly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it was Al's number one, I believe, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, what I was looking into is I was like, okay, so the guy who made this made a movie that's hysterical, but also delivers on classic universal spooks, right? Like, I mean, you know, Dracula coming out of the coffin and stuff. It's presented in a very classically spooky way. And I was like, what else did he direct? But he didn't really direct any other horror stuff, really. He did Abbott and Costello meet the killer Boris Karloff. But then he would go on to like direct 90 episodes of Dennis the Menace, right? And it's like he made this movie that like is the the father of all, you know, uh, horror comedies to come thereafter. Yeah. It wasn't and even a genre Dennis at the Menace. that yeah. point, really. Yeah. So, yeah. It's wild. It shouldn't exist, but like I, it's it's an anomaly historically, and and thank God for it. You know, you mentioned this last year, almost a year ago to the day, actually, and I had not seen it or didn't remember seeing it and watched it. I watched some of it on YouTube, Jeff, after you came on my show last year, and just to see the like, I don't know, if slapstick's the right word, but. Mm-hmm. You know, just I would, I would say they're yeah. within that realm. Yeah, they're sure, within that realm. The farce they also called it farce. Yeah. But to do that and to have those like obvious horror elements built into it too was just like as a horror fan was so cool to see when looking back on it. You know, because we know what a horror comedy is now. We're talking about it tonight, and to be able to look back at kind of like the infancy because that wasn't a, or at least to my knowledge that wasn't a thing really when when right, this I came mean, out. 
Not really. I mean, later yeah. you'd have like Bob Hope and stuff, I guess. But like, yeah, yeah I mean, it was interesting maybe that study. Was around then. It was an interesting study for sure. And, uh, and I watched it on YouTube after you came on last year. I haven't seen it since then, but it, it was just a really fascinating kind of study, if nothing else, <laughs> to be like, wow, okay, this is, we're talking horror comedies. I mean, this is where it really started, you know? Is this I mean, kind of stuff. This movie fucking rules. Um, <laughs> yes. This is a, an amazing pick. And I won't even lie. I mean, I, I expected some really interesting picks from you, Jeff, but I didn't expect something that totally slipped my mind. And I feel terrible in not even including this in my honorable mentions because <laughs> a few you. years ago, Peacock, I think it was, had like all of the Abbott and Costello monster movies for free when they first debuted their app. And I went through all of them for the first time ever because they weren't like readily available unless you'd already purchased them or anything. And I'd always been waiting and like really passionately wanting to watch them. And I loved all of them. Yeah. And I really, I mean, I, I still feel like the, one of the best werewolf transformation scenes of all time is in these movies. It's just, it's just got Lon Chaney Jr. back in this shit. I mean, it's so funny. I love that kind of humor myself. I'm a huge Three Stooges guy. I love Evan Costello. I just love that time period so much for comedy. I actually laugh way harder at that than I do at anything today. Like I'd rather oh, yeah. laugh at like some very simple slash slapstick situational moment than like a dick joke. You wouldn't think that by the way that I speak because <laughs> I talk sure? so much about cock, but <laughs> it's 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 for real. It's like I, I grew up watching you know black and white little rascals, Three Stooges, whatever my grandparents had on VHS. So this is an amazing pick. Sorry to babble on, but I'm legitimately like uh, i want to put you on my shoulders and yeah. run you through a giant <laughs> crowd of people being like this guy fucking rules yeah. so there you go uh that's your number three my number three has already been mentioned so justin we're gonna be swinging it back around to you here in a second but it's Shaun of the dead from 2004 is my number three edgar wright you know the tagline for this movie i can remember because it really intrigued me on the poster and, and all the marketing materials was a romantic comedy with the zombies and that's really all you need to say about this movie because that's literally what it is, you know. And and Simon Pegg is playing this character that, you know, Sean, who just like wants to drink with his buddies at the pub and like he wants to make sure his girlfriend's happy and he doesn't really have much going on other than that, you know. And then as that like kind of careless nature, his existence, and then all these like this zombie apocalypse is taking place around him and it's just so inventive. It was so cool at the time, like you already mentioned when you talked about it. And it just really just shot life into the zombie genre, I feel like. And if you look at a timeline and you're looking at a calendar in the history of like zombie films and you look at, you know, 2004 and you look at kind of like a few years before it. And then you look at 2004 and you look after it when you have stuff like The Walking Dead and Land of the Dead the Land of the shortly after this. Everything else we've kind of gotten in the last 15 years or so. Like it's kind of I don't know. I don't think it's coincidental that the success of this movie really had a lot to do with that kind of rejuvenation. So it's revolutionary in that way, too. And it's fucking hilarious. Like This is such a, a funny movie to watch him and Nick Frost just like just fumble as these video game dorks who just like are just like innocent kind of accidental heroes, you know, and it's just so cool to watch and so funny. So this is a perfect blend of a 50-50 like horror comedy split, I feel like. So that's why it's my number three and, and we already touched on it. So 
I agree with you is what I'm saying, Justin. So you can sleep well tonight, okay? I mean, I expect you would agree with me because I'm almost 99.9% of the time correct. Yeah, that's kind of what I was Every thinking. I didn't know what the takes. percentage was on that, but I thought it was something like 99. Hey, there's that one anomaly or whatever. But you know, no, this movie, that movie's perfect. And you talking about the poster, it had been a while since I've looked at it. And even the poster, if you look at it now, ladies and gentlemen, in retrospect, back in 2004, it looks different. I mean, it's, it's obviously got like that Dawn of the Dead font before everyone was using it. It's got like the hand coming up in the A. It just, it looks like something you hadn't seen before if you were a young right, movie goer right. you're like wait what is this right. it, 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 it was definitely exciting i didn't see it in the theater when it first came out so i i think i was i don't not vhs Mm, probably DVD back I'm, then. I'm trying to remember. I definitely didn't see it in theaters, though. Probably DVD but, back then. Yeah, probably DVD. Yeah, so we, a DVD, we, cr- a DVD. we crossed up there on old Sean. So what is your runner-up, Justin? What do you got at number two, man? A naked American man stole my balloons. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I mean, this is not just one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. This is a top 10 movie for me. I'm talking about John Landis as an American werewolf in London. I know, and, I know. I mean, and another one that we've yeah. talked about. And yeah. like, what? It, it, it's just, it's, you're bringing me on for this shit. I'm just going to be the same okay. dude saying the same shit. But I mean, again, it is horror. Uh, it, it, and it's brutal horror. And it's funny. And I like how witty the characters are. I love the chemistry between the characters. And you've got one of the best transformation scenes, if not the best. I mean, the some best. say it's it's the howling Rabutin versus, you know, Rick Baker. You could argue that. They're both beautiful. I feel like I prefer the Rick Baker transformation because it doesn't take like five fucking minutes. <laughs> They're both beautiful. And they are both being made at the same time. And it, it's just this movie is what's to be said that hasn't been said i love it i watch it every single year it is a classic probably my favorite john landis movie ever and i like like almost all of his thriller man yeah dude i mean i i I, I, dude literally i've got like a collection of vintage thriller shirts man thriller is like my favorite video thing yeah just i just love landis i feel like a lot of people give him shit now because obviously in retrospect the twilight zone movie which get the fuck over it people make mistakes it was it was a shit show yeah i agree bad shit happened uh you know and i want to hear what i want to hear what jeff thinks about this one i you know i real quick i like this movie Justin, i've given you shit on it before because this is a weird movie for me where it's like it's so important specifically when you're talking about the effects and the transformation that you mentioned and you know some other kind of revolutionary things that happened in this film and that that we hadn't really seen prior to this but if you take a couple scenes out of this movie i don't really enjoy it like from beginning to end and i've and you and i have argued about that before it's just not my cup of tea when it comes to like a werewolf film so i want to kind of see where jeff stands on it what do you think of american werewolf in london where are you at on it I'm basically with Justin on this one. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Please do that. He needs you. Any, any reservations I have with it are like my own personal, I've been a part of the film industry shit that like, you know, that's an off podcast discussion really. But uh, it's, man, like I watched it so much growing up. Everything about it just blew my mind. And I watch it today and I'm still in awe of it. Like, I can't believe That's every cool. time I watch it, that transformation. I, yeah, I, I don't care how many times I see it, like going from VHS and I buy every new version of it that comes out. I own like <laughs> 10 versions of this movie, yes. I swear to God. <laughs> and it's like, it looks, every time I see it looking better, I, I just, I salivate over it. But I'm also mesmerized, man. It's what they accomplished in that is just stunning. It's, I agree. I, damn, I, I mean, I, 
I like John Landis's movies a lot, but like this is by far and away my favorite of his. Like nothing even comes close. I mean, thriller, right? But like feature films. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, know. that's why I said thriller when he mentioned his <laughs> I mean, best honestly, movie. My, my favorite yeah. actual like regular traditional comedy of all time is Animal House. So it's like those two things. I grew up with both of these things at the same time. The weird thing is, as a, as a kid, I didn't know it was the same dude that made both movies. Oh, wow. Because I didn't own them. I just got to watch them on TV because my parents wouldn't buy either one for me. Oh, so. Yeah. For obvious reasons. So I was just watching these movies on like, you know, TBS and TNT. And I like to bring those up all the time because it'd be like late Monster Vision or whatever. All hail Joe Bob. But, you know, it's it, it just this movie is so perfect in every way and always makes me laugh. And for some reason, the line, I find you horribly attractive. <laughs> I'm like, every single time, or terribly attractive, every single time she says it like five times, I'm like, I wish some woman would say that to me. Nobody's ever said that to me, yeah. Gerald, next time I see you, you say that to me. I will fucking say that to you. you nibble on my ear in the shower. I'll say it to you. That's your number two, an American werewolf in London. Jeff, what do you got at your runner-up, buddy? What's your number two? That's a good question. Oh, uh, it's Return (laughs) of the Living Dead. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So... Justin laid it on thick and accurately. This movie is it does all of those things. And it's also like so important for so many people, um, not just also for Gerald, the reasons that you were bringing up with Linnea quickly as well, uh, because trash in the cemetery, man. Yep, that's a, yeah, that's dude. big. That's Too historically much huge. Me, yeah, man, like. It's brutal and it makes me laugh. And it's like, it's the movie I watch the most that when I watch it, I think, damn, like, why do I watch this all the time? This is bleak, man. Like it puts you in a dark place, but I go back to it again and again and again. Right. I mean, it's like, it makes you laugh the whole journey up to this apocalyptic nightmare ending. That's just horrifying. You know, the, the futility of it all, the the nihilism, fatalism, I, you know, it's just perfectly hilariously bleak. Yeah, I agree. Justin already talked about it too, and I, I agree on so many levels. I love this movie so much. It's definitely one of my favorite 80s films too. So a little cross up there, Return of the Living Dead is your number two. So my number two is a movie that, and I said I was going modern on my list, right guys? So these are pretty current from 2020, all right? Not even two years old as we're sitting here. And when I saw this movie in the theater, uh, which was during COVID and the whole thing, I went to see it at a drive-in in my car by myself. I, I, I know what movie this is. I already know. By myself. I was already such a huge fan of this filmmaker for some other films that I actually considered for this list that I'll touch on here in a second. But from Christopher Landon, it's a movie called Freaky, guys. Yeah, baby. Guys. Great movie. Great Dude, movie. I, I... There, this movie. So, if we're talking 2020 on, I this is the most entertained I've been with a film from start to finish. Like it was, it was so entertaining to me as a horror fan, as a comedy fan. Like I was laughing my ass off. There were so many great one-liners. Vince Vaughn has always one been one of my favorite comedic actors. And him taking on this role where he's essentially playing a teenage girl is just comic gold, dude. Like it is literally like you couldn't have even thought of how great this was going to turn out. And, you know, a great uh, newcomer in the film, Catherine Newton in the film. I loved her in the movie as Millie. But this is a Freaky Friday film. It's a high school comedy, and it's like, yeah, we switch bodies, but instead of me switching bodies with my mom, and it's quirky, and like, whatever, 
I switch bodies with a serial killer. All right. So now I'm this hot teenage blonde who is literally a badass serial killer. And Vince Vaughn, like I said, is playing the version of her. <laughs> He's the 17 year old scared little shy girl. It's just comic gold. And the kills in this movie are fucking phenomenal, guys. I challenge you as horror fans if you can tell me any kills that surpassed some of the ones we saw in this movie the bathroom scene the fucking the uh wood shop the wood scene. shop yeah, the wood shop immediately comes yeah to mind. dude i was i was literally i <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I, I also i also saw this in a drive-in at alamo and i literally jumped out of my car <laughs> And my wife's like, shut the fuck up. Sit down. And I'm like, but I would, this is what I would do in the theater. And she's like, but you're making an ass of yourself. And of course, yeah. I, I secretly brought booze in the car with me. When sure. Not yeah. to. And I was like really hyped for it because we hadn't seen a movie like that in so long. Yeah, dude. And that, that scene, I was like, yeah, I need to champion this. But sorry. I love I the digress. Happy Death Day films, too, which were Landon. And yeah, you know, they're great, too. They're fun. I'm, I'm a big fan of those, and I, I love those films. What this movie did, I thought, is it really took that kind of happy death day formula, and it kind of transformed it from like a PG-13 to just like a brutal And gave me violent. that shit that I wanted, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. And I was laughing equally, you know, as often as I was scared by the uh, antagonist in the film. And, uh, you know, what Catherine Newton did with the red leather jacket and fucking, you know... It, in my opinion, I mean, I don't know because I don't have a crystal ball, but I feel like 10, 15, 20 years from now, that could be seen as iconic. That that image of just that high school girl, like, as this brutal kind of serial killer embodying her. And I already mentioned the memorable kills in this. Jeff, you seen this one? Are you a fan of this? I have not seen this oh! one. No. I, I wanted to because I like the Happy Death Day. And then yeah. I sat down to watch it a couple times and gotten waylaid. And then 2020, I mean, yeah. we all know, instead of watching that, I watched Van Nuys Boulevard like 12 times. So, like, sure. yeah. I don't know, man. Like, it's just, it didn't happen. Well, I don't know. That excites me to a certain extent because I'm going to bug the October. shit out of you now. I'm going to bug the shit out of you now until you see that because I feel like you will fucking love that movie, dude. It's like, uh, it's got that teen comedy, but just brutal, like really mm -hmm. violent. I almost don't want to give anything away with some of the kills that happened in the movie, but it really is a bloodthirsty, fun ride you know and i really dug it and uh it was really close to actually being my number one because of how just like enthralled i was during the whole runtime of the movie i mean it's just a really, hell of a sales pitch man and but yeah. like yeah no i've wanted to see it and i'm 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 ashamed so there you go all right so we're up to our number ones guys freaky to my number two here we go our number one horror comedy across the board i've been modern in my list as you guys know and I don't know, I've kind of avoided Justin's crossover, like, even though he threw Shaun of the Dead in there, which I didn't expect. Mm. I don't know. He's a, I try he's, to be different yeah, for, one, look at this for, guy. One, for one of them. But what do you got? Uh, meet me at the pub and tell me what your number one is, buddy. I swallow your soul. I swallow your soul. I swallow your soul. <laughs> I mean, this is the easiest for me, but, you know, not even traditional in the sense when you think of it as a comedy, but it fucking is. And it makes me laugh every time. Evil Dead 2 slash Evil Dead 2 Dead by Dawn from 1987. Sam Raimi's classic. Yeah, I know. Untouchable <laughs> classic. I can't Some even. I can't with you, dude. Like, <laughs> we avoided crossover this whole fucking time. You, dude. Okay, I mean, whatever. Right, That's what, fine. What, what, right, so you, you, no, you tell me real quick. Adam, <laughs> off the top of your head, what did you think I was going to have at number one? I mean. Any idea? I, any idea? No. I know. I obviously didn't know because anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. Talk about Evil Dead 2. Again, it's so hard when you 
you know, these are these movies that you talk about with your buddies. You've talked about them for years and years and years. So it's kind of difficult to think of new ways to describe your love and affinity for these movies. But I mean, I like The Evil Dead. I like it just fine. I enjoy it. I own a bunch of versions of it and I've watched it since I was a kid. But this movie literally when I watched it for the first time and I'll never forget it, I was tripping my fucking balls off on acid and I was 16 years old. Yeah, I was that old when I saw it for the first time. And my buddy had it on VHS and we watched it on this tiny ass little TV in his room. And I was just like blown away, like to the point where I will always remember that experience of just this strange, interesting, visceral, hilarious gore fest that had this iconic character and it's just i mean it's now become this huge franchise it's this massive thing that exists and everyone loves we had a show you know we have another movie coming out next year based on this property which i've heard is brilliant by a few people i know that have seen it but evil dead is an institution and it's an institution that i'm happy to be a part of uh this movie just it, it, it it's kind of like It's a movie that allows people to say, it's okay that I'm fucked up and I like fucked up (laughs) stuff. And then I laugh and enjoy fucked up stuff. Uh, And it's Sam Raimi in his purest form. I really do think this is his first movie where he really just in an unbridled way got to just be himself as a filmmaker, present what he wanted to that he wasn't allowed to in the Evil Dead um, Mm -hmm. to the capacity that he really wanted to. Mm Or maybe that he didn't know he wanted to. I mean, there's a lot of different conversations. There's a lot of different stories he's he's mentioned and why he approached basically doing the same movie that he already did. There it is. Number one. I agree, dude. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. Fuck me, dude. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, what do you think of this flick, man? So unlike Justin, I'm actually more of a fan of the original Evil Dead than I am like any of the rest of the series. But it's like oh, a really okay. personal thing, right? It's when I was a... Uh, you know, I was whatever, 14 or whatever, when I saw the Evil Dead movies. And it was like, I saw it and here are these guys from Michigan making a movie in a cabin that I could see how they made it. And I was like, I can do this, right? And I make films today. Like, I'm still a filmmaker in no small part because I saw the Evil Dead, uh, things like Night of the Living Dead. And in my memory of Evil Dead 2, it was, it's like, slapsticky goofy not really scary but then i watched the motherfucker again the other day mm-hmm. and it's mortifying and it's yeah. also my number one so what <laughs> oh, the shit. fuck okay. dude are Holy you fuck. fucking kidding me no it is way. so goddamn frustratingly good yeah like re-watching it i was like i i because i love the evil dead so much i want to not like things that aren't the evil dead that mm-hmm. <laughs> claim to be evil dead but damn man same Ramy just knew what he was doing like justin said he found this avenue to take this story in some new direction that is like again it's it, maybe he didn't know he wanted to take it that far maybe he always did but where he took it is a really weirdly uncomfortable place to be is you laugh and you feel terrible at the mm-hmm. same time and here's yep. ash and you love him and he's goofy but he's also got to saw his goddamn hand off and then he's a mm-hmm. demon and it's like it's a roller coaster man like yeah it's 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 perfect i don't i don't know what else to say yeah i mean you know it's my number one too so here we go so and this is the most insane thing though like ladies and gentlemen I, that are listening and, and and guys seriously jeff gerald we didn't discuss nope, these lists prior nope, to this no idea in fact There's, i crafted my list thinking i would try to avoid you a little bit um but yeah i should have known wrong. i should have known <laughs> 
shit. I should have. I didn't expect Jeff to have it as well too. This is absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna go go to bed sleeping comfortably. <laughs> yeah. Tonight, I swear to God, like a little baby with my thumb in my fucking mouth. I mean, it, wow. Yeah. I mean, just I mean, to piggyback on what you guys already said, I, you know, it's my number one. Also, I mean, when we kind of when I came up with my October episodes and I was looking at horror comedies because I hadn't done that in previous years and there was some like freaky that I really wanted to make sure I talked about but I was like there's no way there's anything better than Evil Dead 2 in this category in this subgenre I mean Sam Raimi has become an icon in filmmaking and this is kind of where it started because you know like Justin said he essentially did the same film as Evil Dead but he kind of made it funny and he kind of made it like tolerable where you like you know you're still scared at points but you just have a good time with it which is you know when this came out in 87 like the 80s were the renaissance for horror films and i mean everything that you you kind of like comes to your psyche when you think about different genre subgenres and horror is like it was probably born in the 80s for the most part and sam raimi was in the middle of all that and he just kind of said you know what this is the the movie that I want to make in the Evil Dead franchise. This is what I want it to be. And he it's equal part I mean the the scenes with the practical effects and shit with the the fucking hand flipping him off and like, you know, he's shooting the wall and fucking Sam Raimi's got Bruce Campbell just fucking being drenched and all that red blood and shit. It's just like over the top. It's campy. It's like, you know, it, it just is a filmmaker and you just watch it going, I know Jeff, I know you feel this way from being in film, but you just watch it and you go, Man, this guy's doing what he fucking wants to do. Like I, he's I he, can't imagine. Like you know? I have <laughs> I have had just like fake blood in my mouth for a shot and we had to <laughs> right. do like four or five takes right. and just me like and then falling over dead and the amount of blood that's yeah. on this guy like I couldn't eat caramel for like five years like Dude. you know like it was, <laughs> right, it was terrible right. gallons and gallons and gallons just so over the top over. Dude. just <laughs> unnecessary over the top like for our enjoyment for our entertainment man I love this movie so much I love it so much that because I knew we were recording this night I, I put it on today I was off work today I watched actually both of them I watched Evil Dead Evil Dead 2 today I had them on like on the background while I was doing shit or whatever but I've seen them a hundred times and it's just it's so good man it's so good like it is at least if you're narrowing it down to like 1980s like it is the horror comedy of the 80s you know and then when you start looking on a broader scale and you look at movies like a lot of the ones we named tonight like you can look at them and you can say okay there's elements of evil dead 2 and all that stuff you know and that's why it's my number one because my number two through five or two through ten are evil dead inspired in a way you know and like they borrow from from that franchise and from this movie specifically so it's almost i can't believe we matched up guys all three well, of us it's interesting too I, i'm gonna get really like weirdly academic for a second <laughs> but like i'm also thinking about what you're saying here with regard to the the comedy the physicality of what's happening in evil dead 2 mm-hmm. and maybe what makes it so perfect is that it is like abin and costello meet frankenstein so much that classic comedy yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it is Three Stooges. It's it's exactly what made it Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein work only with tons of blood, tons of blood. And this very hyper stylized way of shooting. Oh, the, the style of the movie is just fucking brilliant. Yeah, When the demons are so chasing them and the yeah. tracking camera and shit like that it's shit always, wasn't being done. That's like, what I'm saying. When I compare the Evil Dead to Evil Dead 2. And I love like I said, I love the Evil Dead, but. Evil Dead 2 perfectly captures that kind of comedy that I love, like I said earlier on. And it does have slapstick, but it applies it 
in a modern sense was in the 80s with all of those things, those amazing practical effects, the gore and the camera work that is just literally unmatched. I mean, you watch that movie. I still don't think that if you look at any of the other Evil Dead movies and I love the remake, too. I I love it with a passion. Bro, get ready. Um, We're doing our horror remakes next week. And I'll tell you right now, um, it's a fucking good one. I I just think that when you watch this movie visually, there's I just can't think of another movie that has that kind of fucking forward thrust of energy that throws everything in your face i mean the close-ups and mm-hmm. you know those camera movies that Raimi's so well known for that and i'm so thankful and i'm going off here but fucking people needed to champion dr strange this year because the king came back yeah. and he made a movie and he made it like sam Raimi would make it and you got those camera shots you got those angles you got that fast forward thrust to close up that you hadn't seen in a long time that he hadn't done in a long time and you know it just it was a shot to the arm to someone that didn't give a fuck about Marvel mm-hmm. anymore but I was like dude I'm the Sam Raimi it's Doctor Strange I'm going for this and it's just great to see a filmmaker that you know th- 30 years later roughly you know um, no yeah 30 years later right mm-hmm. this is 87 right mm-hmm. so yeah 30 years later is still doing his thing and doing it perfectly yeah evil dead 2 one of the greatest movies we matched up on our number ones guys i'm not surprised but i am surprised at the same time like i don't know i there's so many horror comedies in the world that i didn't see that happening but that should tell you if for some reason on some fucking plateau you have not seen evil dead 2 and you're a fan (laughs) of horror comedies we you have our stamp of approval to check it out so uh bruce campbell sam raimi doing their thing and it's iconic and i feel like it kind of embodies this this genre of horror comedy so that's our number ones guys let's take a quick break because justin probably has to pee and when we come back we will give our honorable mentions i have five which is probably not enough to be honest and we're also (laughs) going to go over to social media and see what the fans had to say so everybody sit tight we will be right back hello listeners did you know that there's a lot more content where this episode came from As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes, just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. All right, guys, welcome back. You know, what a great discussion. Evil Dead cross-ups galore aside, we had a great conversation pre-break. We were talking to Jeff from Cadavercast and Justin from Brain Stew, and we gave our top five horror comedies. Now, dudes, I wrap up my top ten every week, and I just give my five honorable mentions that that I just had trouble ordering and making my top five. I want to see what you guys have that you can just kind of list them and throw them out there. Justin, you go first, man. What were your honorable mentions? Okay, so there were those movies that I talked about up front that I specifically left off the top five because they had those family-oriented values planted somewhere within them. So those may be included here, but... um, I would say six would be Night of the Creeps, which is a movie that's near and dear to my heart. I just screened it last month, and I'm just so thankful that I have the opportunity to do such a thing. Uh, Number seven would be 
Dead Alive. Mm-hmm. And then from there, uh, number eight would be Gremlins. Another family ish one, right? Yeah, yeah, Ghostbusters, and then a movie that's strangely enough, Jeff's wearing. I'm pretty sure you're wearing a House One shirt, right? Yes, sir. It'd be House. And I was like, last time we recorded together, I'm pretty sure you were wearing a shirt of a movie that was on your list. Uh, Christmas yeah. Evil. Yeah, Christmas Evil. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. So, and I had, and I was wearing a different shirt that night, but um, yeah, and I'm wearing a shirt of another Christmas movie tonight, which in the middle of fucking. What do you have on? The end of a, what do you have on? It's Black Christmas. Oh, okay. I didn't see uh, it. Ah, yeah. The new one, yeah, right? The, the one that just came out a couple years ago. Uh, I, I, you can go choke on a massive cock. And die Can't believe you from bought it. that I shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, uh, no, yeah, this, this, the, the, the honorary mentions for me are, are always just kind of loose, you know, like because I know what really matters is the top five. But there were so many movies when we sat down to do this that I was like, I need to just really come together on a solid idea where I want to go with this. But there's really a lot of great horror comedies, and yeah. I apologize to those that I did not mention that I probably really love and enjoy as well. All so. good, man. Jeff, what do you got on your honorables over there, buddy? Yeah, so I didn't uh, do the whole ordering them business. Sure, uh, yeah, My goal fine. was I just had like a whole bunch of stuff, and I was like, whatever is not mentioned up to the point that I'm giving these honorable mentions, I'll just list those. Okay, uh, sure. like bonus recommendations. Let's uh, do it. Roger Corman's A Bucket of Blood. 1959 the uh japanese flick you could uh, debate it but uh one cut of the dead from 2017 yeah yes. i'd say so yes. yeah that's a good my one. heart is in i oh that movie's so beautiful that's a good one, yeah. that's great uh the burbs sure uh, reanimator cracks me up every time yeah and uh another more modern one that i yelled at my friends for not having told me how rad it was and i went years without seeing it is uh behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon Sure. Wonderful movie. Yeah. So Wonderful. funny. Oh, man. So good. All right. Cool. Well, let me, uh, you know, I just list my six through 10 pretty much. So my, and some of them have been mentioned, but I don't, so I got a couple gems in here. I'll, I want to, I kind of very intrigued to see what Justin and Jeff think about some of these. So I'm surprised we did not mention though, what would be my number six, which is Drew Goddard's The Cabin in the Woods. I'm surprised that didn't come up tonight because I feel like, at least from a modern perspective, that's fucking A+. plus. What do you guys think about that film? Do you want to know something? Yeah. I'm not a fan. Oh, wow. Really? Jeff, what about you? Uh, I like it. I like it. Um, I, in fact, almost got a gig writing on a movie where my pitch was, let's take this script that you already have, <laughs> which is not very good, and let's add in like a cabin in the woods sub basement to the whole movie yeah. and almost got work based on that. So like, I mean, oh, cool. thank yeah. goodness for its existence. Cause you know, like <laughs> it, it was opening a door for me, you know, I don't know. Well, I, Justin, I didn't know you weren't a fan of it, but I, I feel like that one's well revered in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. And I, uh, I'm a big fan of it. It just didn't quite crack my top five. My number seven would have been Tucker and Dale versus evil guy. That one's a lot of fun guys. I mean, a fucking blast. These like dudes, Alan Tudyk included, that just don't know what the fuck is going on. And all these like really inventive, like really cool kills that are like accidental, <laughs> you know, like the wood chopper or the wood chipper and the, just so many really cool. I'll never forget watching that for the first time. It was literally a rainy day. I was all by myself. And my wife was off somewhere doing something and it was just on Netflix or something. Yeah. And I threw it on and I was so astounded by how much fun it was it yeah. was so fun to watch it was such an enjoyable movie yeah it's a, it's a great flick i have time. such a good time with it for sure now my number eight i want you guys to hear me out i feel like this is the 
And we can talk a little bit about the original now, too, because I think that's kind of what we were tiptoeing around in the intro. We were talking about horror comedies. But my number eight is Scream 3. Okay. Now, the reason I think this is a solidified horror comedy is because I feel like this movie set out to be equal parts funny and uh, honed to the original of Scream with the slasher aspects the first scream or really the first couple screams were more like slasher horror films with like funny parts in it like i agree with that specifically matthew lillard (laughs) the first one because he was fucking hilarious and but i don't i feel like scream 3 was so detached from the rest of the uh, of the franchise that it could be considered a horror comedy so that's why i put it on here what do you guys think well, I mean, I, I have to champion our good friend Ryan mm-hmm, C. Showers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who has basically, uh, in his own way, really championed this movie so highly that it's got like a resurgence yeah. and a huge cult following because of his podcast. We're great friends with Ryan, um, and I love what he's done for that movie. And I've definitely come around on it a little bit too. It's not intentional, though, Gerald. That's the thing. You don't, I think? don't think? I don't think it I matters. Don't know, man. Inten- well, no, it's intentional in the sense that. What they had to do with the movie was dumb it down. Well, because of Columbine. Because of Columbine. We already know that. Wes Craven talked about it. And and obviously, it's the only Scream movie up until the newest one that was not written by Kevin Williamson. So it's got a different sensibility to it. Um, It's definitely tongue in cheek. It's definitely hammy at times. I mean, Dewey is like very much a caricature. Yeah, I mean, Parker Posey alone. I mean, it's it's very enjoyable. It's not, I mean, I I understand this is a whole episode to itself. I understand why so many people are coming to it and and loving it. I feel and like it. I, I don't know. And we talked about. I can't remember what episode it was. It came up on. Oh, I think I was talking to Emily from Tasteless, and we were talking about threequels, the best part threes in movie series, and it came up. And I feel. And her and I were talking. And we were like, you know, this is the only really like movie that set out to be equal parts comedy and horror in the Scream franchise. Like the other ones were like horror movies that had funny stuff in them. But I feel like Scream Three was so different. Like even if you're looking at four, even. Like, it's, it's just so different. Like, it stands out on its own where it's, like, almost slapstick sitcom in a way. Like, and I think a lot of that had to do with the era with Columbine and the stuff that was going on. And they kind of had or they felt like they had to do that. So, I don't know. I feel like this is the only screen movie, in my opinion, that could be categorized as a horror comedy, in my opinion, of the whole franchise. So, I mean, they've always had elements of... Of, you know, witty dialogue that make you laugh. Sure. And a lot of different, you know, bigger publications list Scream as a horror comedy. I'm of the mind that it's not. It's definitely lighthearted in scenes. Right. There are moments of levity that, you know, kind of bring you to a different direction. So what allows you to be kind of taken back when the horror happens again and it's way more impactful. Scream 3 is is way more than it's so much to discuss. I know. It's, it's a just, whole fucking. It's too much to talk about. It's a right whole now, thing. But, Jeff, are you a yeah. fan of Scream 3 or no? I don't know that I would say I'm a fan of Scream 3. I just rewatched all of them like a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. mostly my mind's racing processing what you just said because I was like, is, is it? Is it? And you know what, man? What I thought of too, and you and you mentioned it already, Parker Posey. I Yeah. With Parker Posey, it really does read more comedy than it the does. other ones I does mean, because Jay and she's Silent so Bob funny. show up in this movie, dude. Like Jay <laughs> Silent Bob have a cameo in this movie. Carrie Fisher. I feel like Carrie Fisher, which is one of my great uh, one of my favorite movie cameos ever across any genre, is her portrayal in this movie. I don't know. I it's just feel like they purposefully were like, let's make this a little 
let's make this as funny as it is well, it's lighter it's lighter but i feel like in terms of it's just the writing sure you know what i'm saying no, it's I get not it. that it, it, they, they approached it trying to it's just not kevin williamson if kevin williamson had tried to do a lighter version of scream it would be just like the other ones just you know what i mean i don't think it was like let's make a horror comedy i get it and keep in mind that scary movie came out the same fucking year right and wes craven was totally frustrated by that and and, and hated the idea and begged the weinsteins not to do it and they did it anyways so they had to compete with that. Right. So maybe just unintentionally it happened. I just don't believe, Gerald. That's just my viewpoint. And and Wes is no longer here to and talk about right. it. And you might be right. You might be right. I don't know. I just see things like Jay and Silent Bob and Carrie Fisher. and it, it, It's just more heightened. It has elements of the right. first two there. Sure. But it's just slightly more heightened and loses the brutality and the horror just a little bit. But I do, you know. I mean, there were some things. I mean, I hated the voice changing trope and like that. I mean, that's a technology that doesn't exist. I don't know why they thought you could clone anybody's voice and that that would be believable. Like, there's a lot of things in this movie that I like loathe, but I do feel like it's equal parts like hilarious and still scream at its core too. I would have with- to rewatch it again, but it's like it's interesting. It would it's an interesting exercise. Now I'm now I want to revisit it just sure. to watch it and try to watch it as a horror comedy and see if that's there. Sure. Um, like as as an exercise. I don't know. I'm compelled by this. I I'm sure. going to give it a shot. All right. Well, let me know. Uh, report back to me on that. <laughs> Let me know. This is, this, this is an episode that maybe needs to happen. Maybe, <laughs> sure, yeah. maybe Gerald, me, even you, you Ryan, like, and Jeff, yeah, you know, main review episodes on the show. Maybe this needs to be like a Patreon, or maybe we'll do it on my show. Sure, I'm all and, about and it. We could all come together and do that. But it's a movie that I would definitely like to revisit as well. Ryan has kind of pushed me in that direction, and I and I continue to watch it at least once a year because I'm a huge, massive fucking scream. Yeah, fan, no doubt. So. And you're going to come on in a few weeks and we're going to do our horror franchises. And I feel like, well, with having Ryan on, I know it will come up, but I feel like it'll come up at some point, too. I I mean, I'm already telling you right now it'll be on my list. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I feel like it almost has to be, to be honest. But uh, my number nine would have been The Babysitter. This was a Netflix original that came out a few years ago uh, with Samara Weaving and Samara McGee as a director, which I'm like, kind of like, don't do that. Like, you're McGee, but... I couldn't believe it. I could it not was believe great, it that he man. made a good movie. It was great. I it, it. it was great. It was uh, so funny. Some of the deaths, especially like in the first act of the film, when these kids are like unbeknowing what's going on and the, the the like satanic worship, and they're like you know the the black guy who like falls off the staircase and lands on the statue. It, it was just fucking hilarious and blood squirting in his face, and it's like I don't know. It's just really played up to comedic effect and. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun with that movie. And then my number 10 would have been a movie that I wanted to kind of open people's eyes to. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's actually an English film. I think it's from England, but it's called Prevenge. Have you guys heard of this? Oh, I know of that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it, Jeff? I have not seen it. My buddy, uh, Jason, was telling me about it after he'd watched it and he was recommending it too. Yeah. So this movie's. F- you, you didn't say Treevenge, did no, you? No, Prevenge, P R E. Prevenge. Because Treevenge, so I have seen. Yeah. Treevenge, yeah, Treevenge, I've seen too. Yeah. <laughs> well, this movie is. Whiskey. <laughs> this movie's fucking awesome, dude. You guys should seek it out. This is the epitome of like a horror comedy because it's like meta and it's self aware. But, you know, the tagline on Letterbox says a pregnant widow believing herself to be guided by her un born child embarks on a homicidal rampage. So you have a pregnant mother who is essentially a serial killer because her fetus is is talking to her in her mind. And there's a plot twist at the end of the film, but it's directed by a female, Alice Lowe. 
And it's just, there's a lot of really gory, like, just salivating kills from a horror perspective in this movie that are really, really awesome. It's actually on Shudder right now, too. I know, oh, I, no I shit. know you guys yeah, probably right. have Shudder. But yeah, it's just done so well, man. And it's so, like, tongue-in-cheek. Like, <laughs> it just, you know, because it takes all those, like, tropes about being a new mom and, like, everything. But, like, it makes you kind of want to kill your... <laughs> kill people because you're dealing with these young children and it just kind of plays on that a little bit so i would recommend watching prevenge to anyone who has not seen it i wanted to give it a shout out on tonight's episode so that's my number 10 now guys what we do every week to wrap up the episode is we head over to social media and we see what the fans had to say this episode ran long i had multiple guests and i love these guys i could literally talk to them all night long but let's do this real quick let's see if there's any that were not mentioned uh, tonight, guys. So I said, what are some of your favorite horror comedies over in the old suggestion box? Tony Dobbish says Cabin in the Woods, Shaun of the Dead, Freaky. And he also says Ready or Not or Zombieland. We didn't mention those. What do you guys think mm-hmm. of those? Zombieland. Yeah, I love Ready or Not. Thought it was fantastic. Um, Zombieland as well. I mean, we wouldn't have Zombieland without Shaun of the Dead. True. But also sure. very enjoyable. Zombieland 2, go fuck itself. <laughs> I never I never did that one. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to. It's okay. I mean, it's fun though, right, Justin? Okay. Oh, I mean, no. it, you have fun with it. No. It's, it's, no. All right. Okay's okay. not, if okay comes after something as great as Zombieland, then that's a no. I mean, I'm not going to put no it on my Jerry. list, but I mean, that's you no. have a good time with it. All right. Brad from the Cinema Guys, patron and friend of the show, says Dead and Breakfast. Dale and, or I think he meant Tucker and Dale versus Evil, but he mixed, mismatched it there. Army of Darkness, Dead Alive, just to name a few. Dead and Breakfast. Do you guys know? I don't know that one. Do you guys know that I one? I know this one because it was to rent at a shop that I went to, but I don't know that I ever rented it. I'm looking it up immediately to see if I ever yeah, watched it. I don't know if I know that one. Justin, no, have you heard of that one? to be purchased. Yeah, no, I've heard the name for sure. Let's see. Christiani, patron and friend of the show, Justin, you know him. Uh, Lamageddon, thanks killing zombie beavers. And he also says poultry geist night of the chicken dead and Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is a good one. I didn't know if that, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that, that's a horror comedy though, right? Or is that a I, comedy with just horror? Did I, did I not say it in my honorable mention? No. It's on my list. Or did you? I, I guess. I, I don't. Oh, one, two, three, four. Oh no. I must've left it. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Much like Jeff. I mean, I listed it in a list just to like, you know, appease you. But I mean, it, it, it just movies. No, I mean, like, it's definitely horror-inspired. It's a ghost. I mean, right, it's a, right. It's a ghost movie, and there's cool creatures and stuff like that. I remember specifically being a five-year-old and my parents renting it for me, and it's before I saw the original Batman, and the snake as the railing, yeah. you know, yeah. terrified sure, yeah. me, and my parents had to turn it off. Yeah. So it's legitimately, let me, like, like, the first experience I remember as a child being scared by a movie and my parents having to turn it off, put me to bed, and explain it was a movie. So I would I would dare say it is, but, I mean, other than a couple of scenes, it's not really meant for scares, right. but it is most definitely horror-inspired. Right. So. Yeah, uh, Jeff, you and I talked about this one in depth when we did our Tim Burton episode a few years yeah. ago. It's one of my favorite movies ever as well. I mean, but yeah, it's a good know. one. That's a good one. It's a good mention. Joey from So Wizard says Tucker and Dale versus Evil, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Ready or Not, Freaky, Final Girls, and Bodies, 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 which is a new mm. one. Justin, <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin from Brains do. What do you have to say about Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? I haven't seen that yet, so don't don't spoil it for me. Uh, no. <laughs> no. All right. Okay. No. Well, 
Thank you, Joey. My, <laughs> Joey for the my shout group out of us. friends, I haven't seen it yet either, but like the friends who I tend to see eye to eye with on most of the things, uh, were also, I mean, like at best, kind of lukewarm on it. So yeah, sure. I don't know. I want to check it out. I just haven't it's seen it. It's for a specific audience. We'll just make make that clear. And, and and if you look at it from through that lens, through the lens of my eighteen year old daughter, that's yeah, sure. In the room adjacent to me right now, sure. I'm sure that she would have a blast with it. And which the audience members that I saw coming out that loved it were of that age group. For me, um, motherfucker, it's definitely not the new April Fool's Day. I'll say that much. Fair enough. Boom. Joey Mills, friend of the show, says Glorious on Shudder if you have not seen it. Uh, Glorious, I actually just watched a few days ago. Have you guys seen that? No, I just dropped so that's, it on there. It's like I added it to my I, list I, immediately. I just heard about it. Yeah, that's the one where... Well, that's time to watch shit when it first drops. That's the I one with the dude right? from True Blood that uh, goes to a rest stop and... I won't give anything away, but essentially, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, J.K. Simmons voices essentially a glory Ooh. hole in the bathroom at the rest stop. I've heard and this. And he's like a I, demon-possessed I glory hole. So there you go. I'll just leave it at that if that intrigues you guys. Uh, I think you should watch it. It's, it was a lot of fun. Joey Austin says Army of Darkness is the number one answer. Uh, obviously, we went Evil Dead 2, but Army of Darkness is a, is a great movie as well, I feel like, in the horror comedy realm. You guys think so too, right? I enjoy the hell out of it. I mean, it's the it is actually the first Evil Dead movie I saw, but it's way it's one that I think of as comedy right. with horror sure. elements. It's definitely it's, heavy I comedy. I agree with that one hundred percent. It's definitely heavy yeah. leaning I love in it, the but comedy. It's, it's definitely just. I mean, the Ray Harryhausen uh, influences <laughs> and everything. <laughs> sure. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Dan Roski, top tier patron of the show, a promising young loyal. He says, "Creep Show, Eating Raul, Fright Night, American Psycho." And Young Frankenstein. I love the American Psycho shout out because I don't know. I mean, I guess that was campy enough to where it was intentionally funny, right? American Psycho. It's a dark comedy yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I love that shout out because I did laugh my ass off, but I also thought maybe I was demented. <laughs> but I was laughing so hard. <laughs> uh, Michael Hill, patron in front of the show, says Zombie Land, Warm Bodies, Shaun of the Dead, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, and What We Do in the Shadows, which was, uh, I think that was Tim Burton too, right? What We Do in the Shadows, the movie with Johnny Depp. Or no? No, that's no. Dark Shadows. Oh, Dark Shadows. That's that was, right. That was that was Tim Burton's adaptation of the classic television show. That's the one I was in thinking which of. Which he butchered it. And yeah, I know, I know, really I know. Bad. But Eva Green was really fucking. My hot daughter in it. loves it when it came out, and I actually put it on really drunk last week. I threw. I'm like, oh, it's on Netflix. So I'll put it on for a minute, and I was like, oh yeah. Uh, Josh Ragland, patron in front of the show, says Shaun of the Dead, Zombie Land, and this is the end. We didn't mention that one. I saw it come up on some lists online. That one's just straight up satirical comedy in my opinion right with apocalyptic horror elements it's hilarious though i love that movie yeah yeah uh yeah. michelle dodo says does saturday the 14th count what do you guys think <laughs> sure i haven't seen it since sure, i was like right? five so i don't <laughs> i mean that's so funny though leslie Nielsen, the whole thing i mean it's kind of like a scary movie before it was a you know in the 80s oh so, for sure right? yeah. yeah it's a spoof yeah. it's a spoof yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, Do spoofs count? I don't know. I mean, I mean I don't, otherwise, my, uh, if spoofs counted, my whole list would probably be scary movie one, scary movie two. Right, scary movie right, right, just right, saying, right. Just saying, just saying. Uh, I almost Lord revisited Scott. some spoofs for this, but I was like, yeah, I, know, I, I waste I the time. Let's we not. Could let's do, we could do, you know, like spoofs one year too, because that's kind of like a separate genre almost. That would be cool. Uh, Lauren Scott, <laughs> a friend of mine in real life, says rubber. Did you guys ever see this? this is about the yeah. killer tire. Did you guys ever see this? Yeah, it's red. Yeah, like it's it. really good, man. It's really <laughs> out there. Tire. Have you seen okay. this, Justin, right. or no? No. It's no. literally a spare no. tire that's like rolling through this small town. And, and it's like telepathic. 
Yeah, and all these mysterious deaths, like what the actual happened. fuck? What year did this come? <laughs> it's like five years, five or ten years ago, right? When did it come out, Jeff? It's been, it hadn't been that uh, long ago. It's like ten years, maybe. Um, man, no, I want to say somewhere between two thousand eight, two thousand ten, somewhere in Hold there. On, I don't let know. me look it up. This is a movie though that we watched, and my wife goes, "What the fuck is this? What did you make me watch?" It came out in twenty ten. Yeah, hey, rubber. Okay, rubber. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there you go. Check that out. Are you tired of the expected? It says in the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, it's all for you, man. Apparently, we are. If we need a killer tire movie, I'm all for it. I mean, Fine. it's like you know, there's a, isn't there's a killer like mattress movie or a killer couch movie? There's a killer everything movie. Yeah, deathbed, right? so, right, the bed eats, think, the refrigerator. Yeah. You got all uh, these. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm we're down, gonna I'm we're gonna I'm wrap. Uh, and they had the killer jeans and slacks too, which yes, is actually slacks. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Paul from the countdown Justin I think you might be the only one that survived he says Shaun of the Dead Evil Dead 2 Cabin in the Woods and Dead Alive slash Brain Dead whoever doesn't have that on their list is dead to me so Jeff I guess me and you were fucked yeah. I'm, I'm sorry man I saw I saw his response there and I was like damn yeah. I guess Yikes. I guess I'm done yeah <laughs> I guess so let's see uh, Phil Rude says Behind the Mask there you go Cabin in the Woods and Gremlins 2 he mentioned specifically Travis Crawford mentioned uh, a few that we had already, but he also says reanimator. Brandon says the burbs is the only answer. I agree with that. That's a, that, I, that's a good you one. Know, I, I booked that movie a few years back and I'm just commenting. I, I find very little horror in it, to be clear. Really? But that's just my opinion. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, it's got moments, but it's like, that's why it was in like my list of like other things. Because <laughs> otherwise it's one of my yeah. top, probably 25 I forced, favorites. I was, I was forced to screen it. And I, I do only horror movies. And I was like, it's not really, I, I just don't view it in that way. I love the movie. I own it. And I've always watched it. It's just, I don't find anything all that scary right. about it at all. But it's got cool, spooky imagery. Yeah, it's a great movie. I'll give it that. It's a great movie. And Tom Hanks. It's I mean, Tom Hanks. It's, to, it's Tom Hanks in a Joe Dante movie, so you can't exactly. beat that, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's a great film from that era, no doubt. And I'll end on Jared Taylor, a patron extraordinaire of the show and a, and a good friend of, of the show. He says, Jason X, and I wanted to mention that because I want to see what you guys think. We didn't bring up any Friday the 13th films. I don't know if they were consciously comedic. What do you think? Number six. I actually now feel suddenly very bad for not referencing Friday the 13th 6. I had it listed. Um... For sure. Um, the more I thought about it, though, I mean, it, it, it literally is. It, it definitely walks that fine line, but it's not really technically considered a horror comedy mm -hmm. in the traditional sense. It, I mean, it, it, it does have a lot of laughs to it. Jason X is 100% a one-off. It was never intentional to make it what it was. If you listen to Todd Farmer talk about it and all the people involved, what became of that movie was magical. It's literally a masterpiece without even knowing. Mm -hmm. um, watch that movie with an audience now versus when it came out, when I saw it opening night and there was five fucking people there, you're going to get a totally different reaction. But no, Jason Lives is, you know, it's my number two favorite Friday movie for sure. It's hilarious. You see this? I know, I know. It's but that's not that that that's that's not the final chapter though, Gerald. It's not it's the final. Not the chapter. final chapter. The final chapter it's is the, the best one. Yeah. Oh, 100%. man, there we go. Fuck out of here, Gerald. On your own show. <laughs> on my own show. Get the fuck it's out. It's our show now. We're the two P's. <laughs> Good thing it's over. I own it. <laughs> dudes, ever taken over here, dudes. I love you guys. Uh, <laughs> we ran a long night tonight because yep. I love talking to you guys and I love talking to horror with you guys. And every year you come back in October. Justin, you're actually going to be back in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk a horror franchises, so you're not done yet. I am? Yes, I you are, <laughs> motherfucker. Get your list ready. 
And uh, Jeff, I know you've been under the weather and everything else, and it means a lot to me that you were able to make it out to do this tonight. And uh, you best believe I'll be calling you next October as well. Because and dude, you sounded great too. You, yeah, you no sneezing, no sneezing, yeah. no coughing. You sound, you sound very healthy. Very I, you're fine. I took some Dayquil before we recorded uh, to to uh, be fully Dayquil clear there. Dayquil with pumpkin yeah. beer. With pumpkin wow, beer. Pumpkin spice no, I didn't Dayquil. think about that. That's a bad idea. Don't do what I do. <laughs> Because I actually didn't have one when I sat down. Gerald was like, do you have a pumpkin beer? I was like, oh, there's some in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. let me go get Gerald, it. look what you did to him. Oh, God. Peer pressure, Gerald. God, I can't do this show tomorrow. anymore. This is, my fault. this is dangerous. It's too much <laughs> substance abuse to the tilt. Pumpkin spice dayquil. I didn't know Vix came out with that, but I'm glad you were <laughs> testing it on air there. Uh, let's tell the guys real quick as we wrap up here. Jeff, where can they find you and Al? But I guess we didn't. You know, every every time you come on, Al does a list. But I don't he, know. Could he, could he do a horror comedy list? He, he probably could, right? His would be very similar, probably to yeah. like w- what he did for family, family friendly, friendly stuff. Right, 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 I mean, right. Yeah. He might include like the Ghost and Mister Chicken if he didn't already, but like I don't know, something like that. Classic. Dude. Oh, love what it. a fun movie! Yeah, I love it. So, dude. But so you, you and him do a great show. Your son yes. Al. Tell them where they can find you, buddy. So it's uh, called Cadaver Cast, and we talk about monster movies and stuff. But now he's watching like older stuff we actually got a, a 1987 tv cut of phantasm that, oh, he's, wow. that he's gonna watch what? so like i'm stoked so now he's getting to that age where he's watching the things that i was watching on like like justin was saying tbs tnt you know on sure, saturdays yeah. like we're we found some tv cuts of things and so now we're just making it happen wow wild. that's exciting i'm excited to hear how that turns out um because, you know, my son's going to be nine next month. So kind of close in age range. And it always interests me to kind of like get parenting advice from horror fans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what should I be doing here? Like my son's still pretty much Jaws and some of the old ones like, you know, Black Lagoon and that kind of shit. But otherwise, I haven't really dove into anything too crazy besides like Gremlins and Ghostbusters and that kind of stuff. So sure. Uh, but I'm getting there. I'm, I'm excited to do it when when the time comes. Justin, uh, you, Jeremy, B. Ratty, multiple guests you guys have on. You guys are doing your thing over there at Brain Stew. And of course, Epic Film Guys is the umbrella. Tell them where they can find you, what you guys are doing, man. We are at Epic Film Guys on Twitter and Facebook. The fuck our Facebook. I hate you, Facebook. Dude. And Instagram. Now, Facebook, like, let's just say it in general, um, they really want to push content creators down. And mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, and even in our groups, they just continuously yeah. doesn't matter how many followers you have or people that like your shit. It just it, it they want you to die a horrible death. So the fuck you, Facebook. It's the worst. Um, but yeah, Instagram, literally everywhere you can find podcast. The Brain Stew shows are under the Epic Film Guys umbrella, which is the brand and we're everywhere literally uh i like to champion good pods a lot because they're an up-and-coming podcast app and they've been really good to us yeah sure of course podbean who's always been great to us but yeah check out all of our episodes that are available wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and hopefully we become one of your favorite podcasts yeah the podcast my mom warned me about but i still listen it's crazy. Yeah. See, Justin yeah, sounds like a pro. Yeah. I sound like just a guy who screws around on with a microphone with his kid. You know, like <laughs> I'm only a pro with you guys, though. Listen, listen to me on man. any other show, and I'm like, uh, what's that mean? <laughs> oh man, guys, next week our October episodes continue. I'm excited. Week three of October will be next week, and we will have Brad and Drew from the Real Fills podcast. Mm. We're going to talk about our top five horror remakes. 
remakes in the horror genre. So please make sure you tune in for that if you're a fan of this episode and anything Halloween horror related. But I really want to thank Justin and Jeff for being here tonight. You guys are, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, two of my favorite people that I get to get on the mic with. So I really appreciate when you guys come back. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. It's always a fucking blast whenever not just october hit me up we'll do we'll do other things too yeah rom-coms i can't wait yeah. to have jeff Hell jeff from yeah. cadaver cast on for rom-coms we'll do that. i love rom-coms man. actually Let's i'm go. interested to see what you bring for that we might actually make that happen all right it's guys. literally any any time man i mean uh, you already know this and i give gerald shit for it he thinks i'm only available in spooky season but spooky season for me for all you year. jeff it's all your fucking long, yeah, anytime anywhere so, yeah, yeah i agree man All right, guys, you guys are the best, and thank you for tuning in, everybody that listened this week. We will be back next week with another Top 5. Thanks to everyone who listened, and you guys take care. 